Hello, this is episode three. It's August 25th, and this is Back to Normal. First thing I want to start with today is I want to talk a little bit about face masks. And, um, you know, a lot of places in Canada where I live, in Ontario, in Ottawa, have um, bylaws, new laws, new infrastructure to make masks, face masks, mandatory in light of this pandemic. And um, I think those those orders were a little late getting started. We started dealing with this pandemic back in, you know, really February, but um, shutdown started happening in March. And it took until basically mid-July, early July, mid-July, that um, for different public health groups in Canada to start mandating wearing masks in public. And obviously, you know, I'm well aware that public health information changes on a regular basis. And, you know, for the most part, people are making decisions based on the best information available at the time. Um, I know because I was there and I remember very vividly that early on um, in March and April, even May and June, uh, a lot of the biggest concerns were around contact and specific there, there was no real um, discussion about this disease being airborne um, and so you'd see people doing things I mean I'm sure people still are but doing things like washing their groceries washing packages that come in scrubbing everything down with Lysol as it comes into your house um, you know going about their their lives as necessary outdoors and then coming in and basically disinfecting yourself physically and um, I think a lot of what we're seeing now is th that fear has shifted from uh, fear of touching things that are coming into your house or that you're coming into contact with um, to more fear of breathing in the virus. And um, it's interesting to see how that's changed. But what it has meant is that people spent months literally months, if you were in public, if you were in a grocery store or whatever it was that was open, um, kind of in re relatively close proximity to people are sharing the same air, just openly doing things that looking back were incredibly risky. Um, obviously, there are relative levels of risk depending on the, um, the amount of your population that has been testing positive recently. If you have, if you have very low testing, it's almost more like um, a reverse lottery where it's actually very unlikely that any individual person, any individual grocery store, for example, um, is going to have somebody walking around with an infection that they don't know about. Um, but looking back, it's, it's kind of interesting that there's been this massive change. And uh, what I wanted to focus on today was actually the, the mandate for masks. And um, I know there have been some places I, I see a lesson in Canada where masks have been viewed very politically and you would see a lot of people um, specifically sometimes in viral things like viral videos, um, people fighting publicly fighting mask mandates and um, kind of flies directly in the face of the idea of wearing face masks during a pandemic, which is, um, the idea that the mask itself doesn't really protect you, your mask doesn't protect you, your mask is is really a, a way that um, you can prevent 
other people from getting sick if you are sick. Um, because obviously if you're feeling healthy, nobody really thinks, nobody has any reason to think they're sick um, unless they feel sick. But one of the things that this virus does so well is it kind of hides in plain sight. So you, you feel a little sick or maybe you don't have any symptoms at all, but you can still spread it. Um, and so it's interesting seeing where masks are being deemed necessary and where they're not. And I find it really curious, um, specifically in places where masks are not mandatory, but you're still sharing common indoor space. Um, so I think a lot of places, things like movie theaters are starting to reopen and people are saying, you know, wear a mask, but you don't have to wear it if you're eating. Um, I know restaurants have the same policy. Come in, wear a mask. If you're sitting at your table, if you're eating food, um, you don't have to wear it. And I think that's kind of weird because, um, first of all, I'm not at all looking for, <laughs> I'm not at all looking for an experience where I'm going to a restaurant, whether I'm, whether I'm wearing a mask the whole time or not. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of time unnecessarily sharing public air with, with many other people, potentially dozens of other people. Um, I'm already taking these, this kind of six feet distancing rule as kind of the absolute minimum that I'm willing to, um, generally the space I'm willing to generally share with somebody. I don't know really, really, really well and haven't kind of, um, come to understand that they're sharing the same level of caution that I am. Um, yeah. So things like movie theaters, things like restaurants, a restaurant is a little different because I think you, everyone's kind of generally agreed that, yeah, either that we don't think this is as bad as it seems like it is, or we're, uh, we are so committed to wanting things to go back to normal that we're willing to put ourselves at risk. That's, that's kind of how I view it. I'm not sure if that's how people who are going to restaurants on a regular basis view it. Um, but things like, schools i now see that uh, in ontario they're looking at making masks mandatory for all um, children all people who are going to be in a school which i think is a really great move um I'm, I'm hoping that they go through with it which is why i'm calling it a great move um but the the idea was initially that they didn't want to make masks mandatory because some kids don't want to wear masks the the idea behind that being that um Kids can sometimes be opinionated and they're not rational. And so they might, you might not be able to make your kid wear a mask or if you put the mask on, they might take it off. Um, but I think this kind of gets to the heart of the issue for me, which is that, for, I mean, our daughter is incredibly agreeable. She's very well-mannered. Um, so we put on, we, we tried to kind of talk to her about masks um, back in June, July, um, when we were kind of going to be potentially taking her out into stores, we said, basically, you need to, um, actually, the first thing that triggered this was going to a doctor's office for her. Um, we basically said, you're not coming unless you wear a mask. And she's two years old, but she got that. She she sees, she knows that when we go into stores, we, we put our mask on and we go in. And she didn't question it at all. When we said to her, we're going, you're going to the doctor's today. Um, you need to, you know, go see the doctor. And we need you to wear a mask or else we're not going to be able to go in. The doctor's not going to let you go in. And immediately she put her mask on and she wore it the entire time. She didn't want to take it off. I don't know if she felt it was uncomfortable, but she, she recognized that it was necessary. And, um, this to me is, is a great piece of evidence that kids can get this, but 
I think the important thing here that maybe some people are missing um, with their kids is that if you don't take masks seriously, if you don't think masks are necessary, that your kid probably picks up on that and might um, might push back against it. If they see you going into stores without a mask, why should they wear one? I think kids are uh, a lot of kids are a lot more perceptive from very early ages than we give them credit for. And if you take a mask, if you take the mask thing in general seriously, uh, I think your kid will probably recognize that and see it. And if you actually tell them, you know, listen, there's going to be consequences if you don't do this. This is for your own good. It's for your safety. And um, you're going to need to wear this mask or we're not going to do the thing that we wanted to do. And, and I think kids are really pretty logical and will understand that. Um, so going back to talking about mask mandates in school, what I'm, what I, what I'm saying is we're, we're looking at this as though it's day one of masks and having to go from no masks to wearing masks. And um, in school, in, in anywhere, in just normal life, that's weird. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not weird, but that's the reality that we're in right now. And um, everyone's talking about this as though we're talking about day one of, of masks being mandatory in schools. And we're not. We're talking about day 100. We're talking about day 500, potentially. Who knows how long this is going to last before we can consider it generally safe. I assume it's going to be less than 500 days, but who knows? Um, we're talking about a couple weeks in. We're talking about seeing day one, 70%, let's say. For example, just throw out a number, 70% of kids in a school wearing a mask. That 30% of kids, unless their parents are the ones at home kind of being anti-mask and and telling their kid how um, silly they think this is. I'm, I'm going to use my dad word for um, <laughs> my euphemistic word for people um, not thinking well. Um, if their parents are constantly complaining about having to wear masks, um, that kind of thing, I think that really leads to um, kids taking the same attitude. And so I think what it's going to take, I think kids, like I said, are much more perceptive than we give them credit for. If you go in the first week and you see 70% of kids wearing masks, I think you kind of get on board with that really quickly. And I think especially if um, if you make masks mandatory and, you know, most people are doing it in schools, I think you can actually suspend the kids that aren't. And I think the parents and the kids will get on board and get in line pretty quickly. It's This is not, this is not a frivolous thing. This is about public safety, public health. And it's really important. And, um, you know, that's that's really as simple as it is. And I think that same kind of logic applies pretty much everywhere. I know, like I said, I'm not looking to go into a restaurant, but I understand. I recognize that there are people who um, really tie a lot of who they are into the idea of going out in public places, going to places like restaurants, they want to, whether it's for reasons that like they want to support a local business that, that might be failing, um, whether it's just, you know, being extroverted and wanting to be around people. These are all perfectly rational thoughts. Um, but to me, it doesn't override the fact that if you, if you follow those very rational, natural thoughts to their logical conclusions, you can see things being quite problematic. We're seeing lots of um, lots of public spaces where people go to um, being the cause of viral outbreaks. So places like <laughs> hilariously strip clubs. I don't know who's 
who's prioritizing going to a strip club um, in 2020, but that's apparently happening. Um, places like nail salons where there's just, you know, potentially half a dozen people in there, even if they are wearing masks, um, people potentially not taking this as seriously as others. I, I would still really love to see the stats on, um, you know, the, the safety thresholds for people who are getting this virus and specifically kind of the long-term safety threshold. It's really interesting to me um, that we haven't really seen anecdotes like that. I, I've, I've seen them, but they're very, very few and far between. I want to I hear stories in the news. I want to hear journalists talking about um, people who, like interviewing people who were so, so careful and yet still got this. Um, on a personal level, on a collective level, I want to hear those stories. Like I, I have heard a story. There was a uh, Los Angeles Times journalist. I think he was a sports reporter talking about how he was incredibly careful for months and then went to like, I forget if it was a patio. I don't think he really specified. I, I was un, kind of unclear if he went to a patio or to an indoor restaurant, but he went with a couple friends, like four of them together. Um, I guess probably it sounded like two couples and um, got coronavirus. And he thinks that's where it could be from because he really didn't have, he was like at home getting groceries brought to him for months and then kind of slipped up once and or over a weekend or whatever it was and now has it. I want to hear if there are if there's transmission in people who are being careful and aren't slipping up. Um, because it seems like based on anecdote, it seems like they're not. The 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 exposures that were happening, especially in Ottawa, went this thing went through long-term care homes kind of before we realized it was happening. And then by then it was too late by the time we realized. And now what's happening is that it's a lot of younger people getting it, but it's because they're being irresponsible because they're having parties. Um, I know there's obviously a certain um, aspect of people who are working essential jobs um, that are also getting this, which is just really unfortunate because presumably they are getting it from... Um, you know, presumably like essential workers typically aren't the same people who are being irresponsible and going to parties and all that kind of thing. Um, presumably they're getting it while they're at work and like spreading it around while they're at work. I know um, I've heard lots of stories about that as well, but it, it makes me wonder whether um, what my risk is, my personal risk and, and the collective risk of people who are thinking like me, um, what the risk is of actually getting this thing. And because it seems to me, based on everything I'm doing to keep myself and my family safe, it seems like I shouldn't be getting this. But if I, for example, um, last weekend we went to a hardware store and went to um, a couple of other places, but the entire time, again, with my daughter, we were all wearing masks. We didn't really, we like stayed away from everybody. We weren't touching anything unnecessarily. Is that a risk? Is that how people are getting this? just by going into stores and doing everything in kind of the, the safest, most, um, most public health approved way, or is that how people are getting it? I, I would really be curious to know, but obviously we have no way of knowing that information. And, um, so that's kind of what it comes back to, to me is that it seems like masks are helping because we've been able to mostly reopen, uh, stores and the economy. And anecdotally, it seems like masks are helping. But we don't really know, to me, I, and I've been 
trying to li- to read about this and, and do research, but I have no information about whether masks are actually helping or whether we are just kind of um, assuming that the net effect of, of mask mandates and um, the effects that they have on a society are actually changing things. I guess, I guess we'll kind of see because schools are kind of the ultimate test of that. And if a lot of people are wearing masks in schools and, and the virus is still spreading, then I guess that'll be evidence for that. But otherwise, other than that, I think it's going to be really hard to tell. And I think we're going to look back at this five years from now and think, wow, there's like 10 or 12 different ways that we really got this thing wrong. And um, yeah, so I had I had planned for potentially doing another couple topics today, but I think since we're already um, pretty far into this, that uh, I'll just wrap it up for now. But I'm curious if you have any thoughts um, listening to this, if you have any thoughts on masks, on the mandate, um, I'd be curious to hear it. I, I would love to, to hear if people have kids, um, if they're wanting to wear masks and, and how they're how they feel about masks and what they tell you about masks compared to how you feel. Um, because like I said, I really do think you kind of inherit that feeling from the people you spend time with. So um, kids, if kids are seeing their, their parents wanting to wear masks all the time, um, it seems like they probably will want to as well. But I'd be curious to know if, if you're a mask-loving family and your kid just doesn't want to wear them at all. Um, that'd be great, uh, really interesting for me. And also, if you have any stories um, about people who are super, super careful and, and didn't really interact with anybody in a way that was unsafe, um, whether they're still getting this or whether... Um, kind of tracks with what I'm thinking, which is that people who are being responsible and safe are not getting this thing. Um, I'd be really curious. So if you have any stories, I'd love to hear it. Anyways, thanks for listening and talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye.